This is In Touch with In Touch. Join us as we create a path to a healthier planet by delivering sustainability solutions that reduce energy usage, drive profitability, and simplify facility management. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In Touch with In Touch. I am your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Today, we're talking about energy consumption transparency, and we're going to be diving in to a partner of In Touch's in. That is Voltus. We're going to tell you everything you need to know about Voltus and this partnership. So on the show today is James Walton, founder and VP of product strategy and commercialization at In Touch. James, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate being here. Absolutely. We are thrilled to have you on the show today, James. And we're also thrilled to be joined by Dana Guernsey. She is the co-founder and chief product officer at Voltus. Dana, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Dana, kick things off today as we talk about DER. How does the Voltus Modern DER differ from legacy DER solutions? Let's start there uh, so people can get a little bit of background into who Voltus is. Sure, it's a, it's a great question, and I do think it's a mind shift that we all need to address, especially for those of us that might be familiar with the legacy solutions. So first, it's helpful to understand that the market itself is different. There's a huge shift in market need with these macro accelerators, such as the ongoing and rapid transition to renewables. We've got massive electrification of key sectors and growth of electric vehicles. Climate change and more frequent climate disasters are creating It's a real sense of urgency around grid resiliency. And so DERs or distributed energy resources are assets that exist today, but are underutilized, making them the cheapest and fastest resources to be added to our grid mix at a time when we really need them. And so unlike what you might think of as the 1.0 DR demand response programs of the past, Today's grid flexibility needs come in all shapes and sizes. So what that enables us to do is really customize participation for our customers and meet them where they are in their in terms of their needs rather than needing to stuff them into a one-size-fits-all program. So for example, we can ensure that dispatches are no longer than an hour or in some cases only 20 or 30 minutes. We can tailor participation schedules in just a really customized way that we couldn't before. So that's first. The second is there's a big shift in technology. There's all these new DER classes that have their own software applications and everything's connected to the internet, which creates this opportunity for flexible load control that I only could dream of 10 or 15 years ago. 60% of what we do at Voltus today is automated and growing. And so what we've built is this true platform because it not only connects to those resources, but what Voltus brings to the table is that we're also connecting to the markets themselves. And so we have these end-to-end software integrations with both the market and the customer side. And that's very different. And that's exactly where we work with partners like Entouch to specifically bring value to their customers as well. That's really well put, and I, I really enjoyed how you answered that question and explained things, Dana. So, James, as, as a way of following up, how can Voltus and InTouch generate cash from my multi-site locations? Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely, Ty. Um, so, kind of expanding on what Dana was talking about with EMS 1.0 and the traditional demand response programs. Historically, that had been focused on your larger square foot facilities, industrial clients that could drop significant load at any one time. Well, that always prevented a lot of multi-site clients from being able to enroll into programs. 
And so with the new automation that Voltus has and our ability to quickly respond to any signals, we can actually bring multi-site customers that have very little load, right? Maybe only 5kW to 10kW drop, right? But as we aggregate all those, right, they come into a much larger that allows utilities to actually benefit from that capability instead of just having one industrial plant drop and it shuts down for four hours. We can now have a lot of small facilities enroll for 20 minutes to two hours at a time to make that impact. And by doing so, it really allows our clients to move from a, a just a cost center for the energy into really starting to be a revenue generating stream that they hadn't previously had before, simply because they didn't have the ability to automate it, right? There's not somebody sitting there taking a phone call at your local QSR going, hey, I've got a DR, I got to shut stuff down. That just doesn't happen, right? As you do in a distribution facility. So it has to happen in real time behind the scenes with no impact to the client in order for it to be beneficial. Absolutely. So Dana, talk to me about verticals then. What verticals can benefit most from distributed energy resources? Uh, in your opinion, I, I know that we can probably talk through a lot of them, but just off the top of your head, what, what are the initial responses just as far as verticals go? Simplest answer is just that every vertical can. Uh, <laughs> and, and in truth and in fairness, we work with, we distinguish over 40 different unique customer verticals, and it really does run the gamut. So it ranges from very small retail stores up through educational, up through huge manufacturing facilities. It really does encompass all different verticals. And our sales team has become expert in figuring out the exact best way for different verticals to participate in these markets. We've seen in particular a couple areas, just to call out, for example, since you asked, where there's been a lot of recent growth. And that's around smaller facilities, facilities that might previously have been reluctant to participate due to any possible impact on their occupancy or comfort. So, for example, the smaller retail chains or local community centers or assisted living facilities or schools, we've been able to get them really comfortable with these programs because we're doing it in a totally automated way. Uh, and we're doing it without being operationally disruptive and really just with the clean eye and mind for making sure that the number one thing that any vertical is doing is their business, their job. And we want to respect that. And that always comes first. I'd like to kind of expand on that. You were getting great points, right? And as we think through that, you know, we talked about comfort being a critical item, right? So if we think about some of the areas of opportunity that haven't been able to enroll historically are places we have a large focus on, senior communities, healthcare, where, you know, a couple of degree impact within the facility is a major issue. And so in the partnership with Voltus, right, we're able to automate that in a way to get them in and get them out so that there is no impact on that facility. So really helping drive new processes and revenue for those clients that typically haven't been able to get to it before. That's a phenomenal point. And a parallel I use sometimes is we also serve assets that, for example, electric vehicles. No one buys an electric vehicle to earn revenue from grid services. They buy an electric vehicle to get them from point A to point B, and we want to make sure that we keep that in mind at all times. And so just the same way we can design a program for someone who owns a car, we can also design programs for folks who have these other needs too. And so every asset gets its own 
individual uh, treatment and schedule. And that's to tie it back to your first question. That's what makes it different now versus some of the programs that just had much more rigid structure when this all first started out in the industry. Well, so let's dive a, a little bit further into some of the differentiators for, for Voltus. What, what is the difference between the Voltus DER program and its competitors, Dana? Sure. I mean, the simplest answer is that we operate in every wholesale market in North America, and we offer the most programs within those markets. So we're able to do that because we've built this technology platform that directly integrates with these markets. It enables us to offer the types of flexible programs that we're talking about. So we're not just working with an individual utility. We're really connecting to the wholesale markets that cover all of North America. And so that plus we've built out partnerships with Entouch, for example, and others that allow customers, again, to just have this really easy bolt-on financial gain without impacting their business operations. We do the hard stuff. We do the technology integration. We communicate with the markets. And their experience is that they get paid. So, James, what are the advantages of a quick response operating reserve and virtual power plants? Uh, talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, if you think about that, that traditional that we talked about earlier, right? Usually that four hour, the quick operating reserves, right, is exactly what it kind of says. It, it's short periods, right? So, it's also instantaneous where traditional DR was called, you know, a day ahead. We'd say, hey, you know, we need you to drop load tomorrow. This is, I need to drop load within the next minute, right? And so what that changes that dynamic is that, okay, you have to be able to fat, respond not only fast, but the duration is much shorter. We're talking 15 minute, 20 minute durations for the max time. And a lot of that, I believe, is because what we have uh, in the industry with all the amount of renewable resources coming online and how what they call duck curves as the solar goes, sun goes down and your solar drops off significantly, you can't spin up generation fast enough. So utilities are always needing ways to be able to quickly change load profiles so that they can have the right generation in the right places to support the grid without causing blackouts or brownouts that we have historically seen. So that quick operating reserve is important, right? As we move forward in our technology and how we continue to drive things. So then, Dana, what are the sustainability benefits of a DER program? You heard James mention some of the renewable aspects and the the idea of sustainability there. Talk to us a little bit more about the sustainability advantages. Yeah, I, lo I love that question. It, and it used to be, actually, that customers signed up with us for three reasons, and that was the money, the money, and the money. And I got to say that more and more customers are also signing up because these programs deliver tremendous sustainability benefits, and they're asking about that impact. And so there are a number of, there are a few very, very positive environmental and social impacts of DERs. First, there's a direct carbon reduction we can calculate for you that a customer would be contributing to when they curtail the, their use from the grid. So first, there's direct carbon impact. Second, there's supporting the local community and helping to ensure that the grid is reliable and resilient. So this means that if something happens on the supply side, the demand side is there, as James was describing with these operating reserves, the demand side can be there to flexibly respond as a backstop and a balancing service to whatever may happen on the supply side. Something trips offline, the wind was forecast to blow and it didn't blow or it didn't blow as much as we thought. There are these quick band-aid fixes that make the grid more reliable and more resilient. And then third, at scale, these aggregations of DERs or 
what what we call virtual power plants or VPPs. The industry does love their acronyms, but at, at scale, they're actually displacing the need for peaking power plants altogether. And those are the world's most polluting resources. And so if you take those three things, you're one, directly eliminating carbon, two, helping the community have a reliable, resilient grid, and three, displacing the need to build new or allowing the retirement of these peaking power plants in lieu of these VPPs. It's win-win-win. You know, great points, Dana. I'd also like to expand on the fact that more companies have these energy goals, right? You know, 2050 and so forth. But to get there can be expensive, right? So a lot of people look at solar, they look at different types of generation. Programs like this are some of the most cost-effective solutions to help get you towards your sustainability goals. By themselves, they won't get you there. But you got to do the right things first, figure out what your loads are, and then you can then expand on. So start with your most cost-effective ones, such as using a voltage in-touch application to help drive that sustainability goal down. And then you can start looking at your more higher-priced items, such as your solar, wind, or PPA agreements around yeah, that's a great point. We we find too that just the fact that we're paying these customers, that then a lot of them can take that money and use it to fund other initiatives that they were hoping to do, you know, appliance upgrades or whatever it is, they need a source of funding. And so this provides that additional revenue stream as well. Yeah, those are those are really excellent points. And, and James, I'm glad you brought up that that aspect of companies having goals these days as it as it relates to sustainability. I think that's a really important thing to to bring up and to acknowledge in this conversation. So yeah, great great stuff all around. Um, before we wrap up this podcast, uh, James and Dana, I wanted to ask if you have any kind of final thoughts, anything you want to leave our audience with or want them to walk away with here following this conversation today. So James, let me kick it over to you first, just for any final thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with today. All right. First, thank you, Tyler, for having us here and running us through. Yeah, I do. So we recognize that this can be confusing, right? There's been a lot of information out there over the years. You don't know where to look. The first and most simplest thing is reach out to us, right? My number is 214-923-9837. Let's start the conversation. You know, we've been doing this a long time, have a lot of knowledge and can help guide the right places of where to look and what to do to kind of get you the base and kind of guide you from there. Excellent stuff. Dana, final thoughts. Gosh, I, I really just want to echo what James said. Reach out. We can help you. You can contact us from our webpage, voltus.co, and we'd love to help you be part of this. There you go. You got the uh, the contact information and everything you need to get in touch with these two companies, InTouch and Voltus. James and Dana, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the show. It was really excellent getting a chance to uh, to talk to both of you, and uh, and I really enjoyed the insights and the expertise that you provided. So thank you both for joining me here on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of In Touch with In Touch. We appreciate you joining us here today very much. Of course, you heard James and Dana there at the end of the podcast. You know how to get in touch if you want to learn more information. Of course, another good way to stay in touch with the podcast is by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. Wherever you get your podcasts these days, you can find the podcast to stay up to date with the latest in insights and thought leadership from the experts at In Touch. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this one, for my guest today, James Walton, and Dana Guernsey. I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. Oh, oh, oh.